0: If you have a Bible, we're going to read uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 down to 11. The words are going to be on the screen as well. Uh, This is Paul writing to uh, a church in Corinth, and he writes this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given the Spirit of a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in kinds different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit as he distributes them, To each one, just as he determines. Supernatural things are happening. Healings, uh, miracles, uh, people experiencing divinely inspired knowledge and accurate future prophecies. There seems to be this expectation that whenever they gather, that God will speak and act uh, powerfully, supernaturally. And this passage kind of invites the question for us, well, what could that look like here at St. Matthias? You pluck up the courage to uh, pray for your friend who you know is sick and has been suffering And as you pray for them, you're as amazed as they are when they say, wow, okay, that pain seems to have left me. Or maybe you're uh, enjoying your pastry, and then you suddenly get this deep sense of conviction about something that's going on in somebody's life that you uh, didn't have any knowledge about. And as you share this, they are incredibly encouraged. Wow, God knows what I'm going through. As you're singing, you 're singing, you experience this uh, conviction that God has a message specifically for uh, our community, and uh, you, as you share that, you just see it landing and shifting the atmosphere, or you experience this surge of compassion, maybe for uh, a, a vulnerable family who 's hard up and You you find yourself in an act of extreme generosity just giving them your car or something like that. What would it look like if whenever you turned up to church, to do something really powerful? You just had this expectation that God is going to do something really powerful this morning. Well, today, as Frankie said, we are launching into this new series, which we're calling Gifted. And... Through this series, we're going to be focusing on what the Apostle Paul calls the spiritual gifts, and you, you might well immediately have some apprehensions about this series. You might be thinking, well, okay, spiritual gifts are for those super spiritual types, and that is definitely not me, so I'm counting myself out straight away. Or you might have experienced churches where this stuff has not been handled very well or very sensitively. And maybe you've felt pressured to do something that you're not so sure about. Or um, you've been in an environment that's felt um, just incredibly uncomfortable and cringy. And if that's been your experience in a church, I'm really, really sorry. You may have um, particular apprehensions about the gift of tongues and maybe you're thinking I I don't understand this I find this incredibly weird and if my um, uh, non-Christian friend was in this place and they witnessed somebody speaking in tongues they would literally run a mile and not stop running or maybe the truth is you've just experienced some disappointments um, in the past you know like I've tried to pray for somebody to be healed. And that person definitely was not healed. And it left me wondering, was that something I did wrong? Uh, What happened there? And I I wanna say that all of these apprehensions are really very valid. I've experienced every single one of them myself. And I I think that through this series, I, I just want to be really honest. to to open up this honest conversation, not to be afraid to ask the difficult questions. And I was thinking about uh, this series. I I suppose my advice is um, engage with this at whatever level feels right for you right now. Some of you will just want to be kind of sitting back and listening and pondering and then maybe going home and, you know, in the private praying, And maybe some of you need to kind of uh, read more deeply into this. There's all sorts of books that I can recommend to you. There might be some of you who've literally never ever thought about the idea of a spiritual gift. And if that's you, then I really would recommend um, Alpha, which is starting here on Wednesday, the 2nd of February morning and evening. Um, Alpha is just really a safe place to, uh, to explore these sorts of topics, to ask questions, to, to kind of uh, hear what other people think. And then there'll be others of you who later in the service, you'll be really inspired to want to pray for other people, to want to kind of step in and to practice these gifts. And that's really great. But let's just be aware that not everyone is in the same place. And we just want to create a safe space for you at whatever level you're engaging with this stuff. And my hope is is that this series helps you feel uh, informed and inspired and even equipped to practice uh, spiritual gifts for yourself. I mean, wouldn't it be incredible if over this period we saw God do some really powerful, wonderful, uh, unexpected things in our community? And... How this is going to work is over the next uh, six weeks, we're going to be focusing in on different spiritual gifts, uh, studying um, this section of the letter. And then, as Frankie said, in our groups, we're going to be able to go a little deeper, open up the conversation, ask questions, and have an opportunity to really pray for each other. I firstly just want to give a little bit of context for this section of uh, the letter. Uh, Biblical scholars believe that Paul is writing to this church in Corinth. Corinth was an ancient kind of Greco-Roman city. It was a port um, in what is now Greece. And um, the, the scholars think that there were some things going wrong with their worship services, and he was writing to correct them. Earlier in the letter, he had to kind of say, look, it's not okay to get drunk on the communion wine. <laughs> um, he literally couldn't make it up. Um, but in this section, um, he seems to be correcting them for their practice of of worship. Their worship had become this strange, ecstatic, uh, rather chaotic ceremony in which people believed that they were um, praying and singing, not in their own language, but in this kind of angelic language. And it had become this sort of super spiritual uh, niche of people. And Paul writes to emphasize three tests of a healthy church service. The first is your church services should have order and structure. He writes everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Secondly, your church services should be intelligible. Now, Paul writes unless you speak, Intelligible words. How will anyone know what you're saying? People need to understand what's actually happening. And then thirdly, you should always be mindful of the person who uh, walks in off the street. Maybe the person who wouldn't call themselves a Christian. Uh, Paul writes, if everyone speaks in tongues and some who do not understand come in, will they Uh, will they not say you are out of your (laughs) minds? And these three tests, I think, are really helpful for us today. So we're going to dive a little deeper into verse, from verses four to six. And it says this, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of workings. But in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. are just two important things to draw out from that. Firstly, these are gifts and not prizes. You can't earn these spiritual gifts through being a Christian a really long time or being particularly earnest in your prayer or or, or not sinning. These are unearned, undeserved gifts uh, from God. And that means they are for everybody. Not just those who kind of appear really spiritual. And the truth is, through Jesus' death, and resurrection everything that comes to you from god is a free gift god wants to bring you his love and his forgiveness and peace through you kind of behave and even eternal life but these don't come through you kind of behaving well or lining up to a set of rules no no, no. they come to you as a free gift from god and it's the same with spiritual gifts Secondly, those verses indicate that God loves diversity. And Paul writes, there are different kinds of gifts. And one of our problems can be that we're always comparing ourselves to other people. And often this just leaves us feeling kind of inferior. If only I could pray like that person or have the faith of that person. But the point is, you are given different gifts from the person next to you. And Paul goes on to use this analogy of the body made up of loads of different parts. Each part of the body absolutely essential to the health of the whole body. And one of the really fun things about discovering your spiritual gifts is that it helps you to stop comparing yourself to other people and just to be thankful for, oh yeah, this is who I am. This is what God has given to me. This is the part that I get to play in the body. We're going to read on in verse seven. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Again, this is really important because these gifts are not given as like a badge of honour or some spiritual status symbol. The spiritual gift that you're given is not actually for your benefit, to make you look better. No, they're for the common good. Uh, This Christmas, Katie did something a little different with our Advent calendars with the children, and we have this um, little display with 24 tiny little doors, and each day the kids would open a little door. But on some of the days, there was money in the doors, Uh, but the money was not for the children. The money was there for the children to give To someone else. It was a lovely way of just encouraging generosity and for them to be thinking about, well, who do I want to give a gift to? And it's exactly the same with the spiritual gifts. Every gift that you're given is for the benefit of someone else. So let's read again verses 8 down to 10. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophesying. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Now in this section, Paul lists nine spiritual gifts. And in other places in the Bible, there's actually different lists as well, so this is not an exhaustive list. But these nine gifts uh, can be divided into two. These are gifts of what's sometimes called divine revelation. And these include the message of wisdom and knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpreting tongues, and the distinction between spirits. And then secondly, the gifts of divine demonstration. These are faith, healing, and miraculous powers. And today we're going to focus a little bit on these uh, gifts of divine revelation. And then next week, uh, the wonderful Andy Green is going to be speaking, and we're going to be focusing on faith and healing and miraculous. And then we're going to be kind of focusing on other gifts as we go forward. So, firstly, wisdom. Paul writes, To some will be given a message of wisdom. Now, it's true that we need to be a little bit tentative in our interpretation because the Bible doesn't actually define, uh, uh, it doesn't define these gifts. But many scholars believe that the gift of wisdom is not to be confused with wisdom that comes with age or experience. And that's really good and really helpful. Um, but this seems to be a God-given inspiration which helps to bring resolution to a particular situation. An example from uh, the New Testament would be when the Magi um, were warned in a dream not to return to King Herod, but to return to their land a different way, thereby saving Jesus' life. Soon before I became the priest here at St. Matthias, I believed that I was given uh, a message of wisdom. And things were quite tough at that time. There was a lot of anxiety about this uh, proposed partnership between St. Matthias Church and St. Peter's Church. And I remember being down the hill at St. Peter's and I was in a meeting. But out of the blue and all of a sudden I had this sudden and strong conviction that I needed right at that moment to go and meet with Dave, who's the church warden at the time. And I remember sort of excusing myself from from this meeting, saying, I'm so sorry, I need to... And luckily Dave was um, home, and uh, we had this lovely meeting. We prayed for each other. And what was interesting about that is that Dave said to me, and I, I spoke to him on the phone about this yesterday just to kind of confirm that this was his recollection. He, he, he said to me, well, that morning I was reading my Bible and I was reading from uh, Malachi chapter 3, in which it says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And encouraged by that passage and by my visit, Dave said to me, I think this is going to be okay, Tom. It was a breakthrough moment um, in that tough period of time. And that really is the purpose of these gifts of wisdom. They help to resolve situations, to bring breakthrough, particular wisdom that can unlock a situation. Secondly, the message of knowledge. Again, this isn't learned knowledge, that's really good, but this is God-given knowledge. Often it involves knowledge about uh, somebody that you you wouldn't otherwise know that about them. And this God-given insight can help to bring real encouragement and breakthrough in that person's life given this supernatural knowledge about that woman's situation he said to her i know that you've had five husbands and this revelation unlocked the key to the woman putting her faith in jesus i was recently at a prayer meeting in a different church and Uh, There was a guy who I'd never met before and didn't know anything about me. And he he came up to me and he said, I was just praying for you. And I think the number five is significant to you. And uh, I must have looked quite blankly back at him because he said, five roads, five lanes. (laughs) And at that moment, the penny dropped oh yes, I'm the vicar of five ways. And he then just shared a a Bible verse that he said, I think God wants to speak to you through these verses. And oh my goodness, it could not have been more helpful uh, for me and for us at that point in time. And that is the message of knowledge. And then thirdly, uh, prophecy Now, this term can be quite broad. It can be um, a Holy Spirit-inspired, outpouring about God. It can involve having an insight into uh, future events, such as um, in Acts chapter 11, when a man called Agabus prophesied that there was going to be this famine in Israel, and, and you can read more about it in Acts 11. Um, once my grandfather was given uh, quite a specific prophecy that he would live to see his grandchildren. And I remember my uncle and auntie were told that it was going to be medically impossible for them to have children. And my grandfather sort of was emboldened, given faith through this prophecy. So I remember when I was about 10 or 11, he gathered the whole family together and he said, We really want to pray for a miracle for my uncle and auntie. And we did. We prayed. I found it all quite an odd thing to do. But we prayed. And then a few months later, my auntie uh, gave birth. She now has two grown-up children. But this prophetic word seems to have encouraged my grandfather to um, yeah, give him the kind of faith he needed to, to really pray for this. In a moment, we want to just give a little bit of space um, to give you an opportunity to, uh, to pray, to... Um, Have your own time with God. Maybe um, to be praying, God, will you speak to me uh, in this moment? And I like what Paul writes in verse 31. He says, eagerly desire the gifts. I like it because um, God would never force you or pressure you to do anything that you're uncomfortable with. But what he loves is when we desire, uh, when we eagerly desire the gifts that he has for us. When we say, Yes, Lord God, uh, I, I really want to be um, receiving and, and using these gifts to bring encouragement to other people in my own life. And I suppose your prayer this morning, it, it might not be, Lord, will you give me a gift this morning? but it might just be Lord I want to desire your gifts more than I currently do and so I pray that today and over the next few weeks you would just be increasing uh, my desire uh, for whatever you have for me and if that's your prayer then that's a powerful prayer. Shall we stand together?